With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk recorded live. Yes, indeed, folks. It's recorded live. And this is another Tuesday night installment of understanding the so-called traffic stop. The reason... I put the word so-called in front of traffic stop is because that's the colloquial definition, but that's not the actual term provided by the people who make the law. And the people who make the law are the legislature. I'm Rich Iverson, and I study law. I've been studying traffic law for about 30 years, probably longer, and I am not an attorney. I do not want to be an attorney. I simply want to know what attorneys know so I can do it myself. And what I've learned about the vehicle code and the driver's license is not what people believe. That's right. What I've learned is the driver's license permits the party to whom it was issued to be hired as a driver in the transportation business. So if you want to deliver pizza or flowers for a living or work at a cab company for a living, you better have a driver's license because a driver's license is issued to people who would like to deliver things for a living. So if you don't intend to deliver things for a living, then why would you ask for permission to do so? That is precisely what the driver's license is for. It permits the party to whom it was issued to be hired as a driver to deliver things for money. That's what it's all about, at least as far as I'm concerned. After 30 years of study, that's what I've convinced myself of. And I'm not backing off. I have enough evidence to support everything I say, so I'm not worried about it. Tonight's broadcast, or during tonight's broadcast, I want to follow up with what I did last week. Last week was pretty abbreviated. Um, And I thought that it was fine. However, I, after rethinking about it, Um, I realized it was fine for me, but perhaps um, people who aren't as aware of these issues as an attorney or myself, maybe, um, I may have left something out or overlooked something, so I want to revisit the topic. And the topic is what the FBI director testified to a couple of weeks ago when he appeared to explain why the Federal uh, Bureau of Investigation did not recommend that Hillary Clinton be prosecuted. Now, when we use the word prosecuted, that means crime. That's, the word prosecution is in a criminal context. 
So if she's prosecuted, that means she's been accused of a crime. However, if she's sued, then we're talking about a tort or a breach of contract, something civil but not criminal. So the FBI, after a year of investigation, was unable to acquire sufficient evidence upon which a claim of crime could be based. That was their finding. So the FBI spent a year, plus all the tax dollars, to determine we ain't got enough information to recommend a criminal charge. And that's what we heard when the FBI director testified. Now, when I heard the FBI director's testimony, I was sitting here going, oh my God, we can use this information in traffic cases. And the reason I say that is because the FBI director investigates crime. That's what the FBI does. They deal with crime, federal crime. And they spent a year investigating an allegation and they had determined that, nope, we haven't hit the crime threshold. Now, before Comey was FBI director, he was an attorney. So we got to give this guy the benefit of the doubt that when he starts talking about crime, he knows what the hell he's talking about because he's the FBI director. Hello, that's, that's, that's some substantial bona fides. And so he was before Congress talking with congressmen, many of them attorneys, about crime and what it takes to put together a criminal case alleging a crime. And it's real simple. Sufficient evidence. That's what he told everybody. If, the, if you don't have sufficient evidence <clears throat> and, you, and you accuse somebody formally of a crime, you, you've got a problem. Because that's a false allegation, and false criminal allegations or false reports, uh, well, those are illegal. can't do that. So Comey told everybody what it takes to, to have a criminal case. So again, after a year, all those tax dollars, they determined there was insufficient evidence. Now, wh why should anybody care about this? Well, as it turns out, um, there's a burden or there's a duty or a rule, whatever you want to call it, the prosecutor has duties. They have to perform duties. They have to follow rules. They're employees of government. That should be a foregone conclusion, should be self-evident. No more discussion. Anybody who works in government has to follow rules. We're the people. We're the boss. People working in government are our employees. It's in our best interest to know the rules that apply to our employees so we can learn how to regulate them. So there's a duty or burden on the prosecutor. They have to follow rules. And they have a, a duty in a criminal case to produce sufficient evidence 
that supports an allegation of crime. Otherwise, it's a false allegation and they could get sued or something. So, and, 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 without, a suffi- and without sufficient evidence, there can be no valid finding of guilt. Maybe you're found guilty, but on appeal, if the Court of Appeals determines there was insufficient evidence moved into the record by your accuser, you're going to walk. So Comey recommended to his boss, and who's Comey's boss? Who's the FBI director's boss? That would be Loretta Lynch. Yeah, she's an attorney too. And uh, she said she was going to go ahead and, um, you know, accept whatever recommendation the FBI made. Okay, cool. That's all right. And they recommended no criminal action. Why? Insufficient evidence. So as a smart prosecutor, she saved the taxpayers a bunch of money by not firing up a case she knew she couldn't win. How, how, how do we know she knew she couldn't win? Because the FBI director told her, hey, uh, Ms. Lynch, boss, sorry, we don't have enough evidence. Um, sorry. And she said, I And they and they also both said a couple of interesting things, some interesting things that we can use. Now, during Comey's testimony, the FBI director, the chairman of the House Government and Oversight Reform Committee, asked him this question. His name is J, uh, Chairman Jason Ch- Chaffetz. Jason Chaffetz. He's the chairman of the House Oversight and Government Reform Committee, and this is what he asked FBI Director Comey. Quote, did Hillary Clinton break the law? End quote. And this is Director Comey's response. Quote, the question I always look at is, is there evidence, see there's that evidence stuff again, that would establish beyond a reasonable doubt that somebody engaged in criminal conduct that violated a criminal statute? Well, what do you tell us? Well, it's a good idea to know what a criminal statute is because that's what's going to trigger an allegation of a crime. Okay? And he said the question I always uh, look at first is, is there evidence that would establish beyond a reasonable doubt? Folks, it's really important to know the threshold that your accuser has to reach in order for them to win. Now, there's two types of cases or actions. A criminal action or a criminal case and a civil action or a civil case. That's it. Just two, primarily. So in a criminal action, there's a threshold that the prosecutor has to reach in order to be successful. And that threshold, everybody has heard it. I know for a fact you've all heard this before. If you've seen a law movie, you've heard this before. It's beyond a reasonable doubt. I'm sure if you look, ar- look around, you'll find a movie from the 30s or 40s or the 50s or 60s called Beyond a Reasonable Doubt or 70s or whenever. So your accuser has to, has to have enough stuff that they can shove in that scale, their side of the scale, 
so it hits their side of the desk. If it doesn't do that, they don't win. So what the FBI director told us was, is there evidence? Got to have some. And then the, the standard you got to reach is sufficient. And then the other, the other standard is reasonable doubt. So sufficient evidence is going to get you to the reasonable doubt standard. The, the, what the prosecutor is doing is attempting to use evidence to establish you committed a crime. That's their job. That's what they have to do. They have to prove you're guilty. You don't have to prove anything because it's presumed you're innocent. So all the weight is on your accuser's shoulders. They have to move evidence into the record that you committed a crime. And the FBI director told you what he looks for. He looks at the statute in question, and that's going to be when it comes to a ticket, a so-called traffic ticket, that's going to be whatever section the officer writes on it. So let's say in California, you don't have plates on your car. Officer more than likely is going to either write down 5200 or 5201 of the California Vehicle Code. So what you want to do is you want to take a look at that section or those sections and determine if they're um, criminal statutes. Now, for those of you folks uh, who may be kind of new to the study of law, all the codes, there's different codes. There's a health and safety code, penal code or criminal code, civil code, code of civil procedure, uh, a biz, uh, business and professions code, government code, um, water code, education code, you name it. All those codes are to be read as one gigantic statute, okay? But technically, there are statutes, and this is the way it works. Constitution is big dog paper. That's the general. Then you have the statutes. And you know it's a statute because they always start the same way. We the people of the state of California, or we the people in North Carolina, or we the people in North Dakota, or we the people of Massachusetts. Doesn't matter. That's what that's how a statute starts. The codes are just the maps to the landscape. The landscape are the statutes. The codes are the map to the statute. It's the shorthand version of the lengthy statute but you can read all of them as one. So you, when you look at a code section, that'll be sufficient for you to determine whether or not it's a criminal quote-unquote statute or not. Does it discuss a crime, yes or no? So that's what the FBI director looks at. Now let's take a look at uh, what the attorney general, the A number one attorney, looks at. This is a, this is a response at approximately one hour and 40 minutes into her testimony in response to Representative uh, Steve King of Iowa. And this took place at the House Judiciary Committee on July 12th. And this is a quote. Um, so whatever he asked her was, I, uh, look at the statute. So both the Attorney General and the FBI Director do the same exact thing. They look at the statute. Why? 
Because when you look at the statute or the code section, you're going to find out who. And you're going to find out what. And you're going to find out if the what is mandatory or discretionary. All the code sections let you know who it applies to and what they have to do. And then Attorney General Lynch stated this a little bit later on, quote, it would have to include all the relevant facts, end quote. So she would look at the statute and she would review all the relevant facts. Well, damn, that makes a lot of sense. What are the facts? What were the facts in Clinton's email case? Well, she sent email using non-government stuff and non-government channels. You, you, you folks are probably familiar with the term. You've seen it in a movie or heard it in a movie. She was off the reservation. That's how, that's, she set up her communication system off the reservation. And what they want you to believe is it was unintentional. Because if it was intentional, then guess what? Director Comey would have recommended a criminal case. Why? Because, she in, because it constitutes intent. Intent is part of a criminal case. You, the, the prosecution has to prove intent. So maybe she was using the server. Okay, that's half of it. That's the action itself. They also have to prove she intended to do that. Well, folks, it, it, it's really not a huge leap of faith to get to intent. You know, you, you, know, you, could, you could lay a toothpick across this chasm. You know what I'm saying? It's just not very far at all. Look, it's really simple. She wasn't carrying her computer one day or her server and uh, tripped and fell and landed in the basement and then and then woke up like you know four or five hours later and forgot what happened that didn't that didn't occur somebody said do this somebody said stick it there somebody said we're not using the the the, the government stuff we're going to use this stuff someone said that well captain goes down with the ship that means hillary she intended to communicate off the reservation. That's patently obvious, but that's really not my issue at this point. I just want to use these two hearings where the attorney general, a professional attorney who deals with federal crime and the FBI director who deals with federal crime and used to be an attorney, I'm going to watch what they have to say about crime. Because the so-called traffic stop is not, it doesn't result in a civil action, it results in a criminal action. So let's use the standards that these two professional federal attorneys who occupy the highest office in their particular field in the federal government, let, let, let's use what they use. 
let's look at the statute and let's look at the facts and let's consider the, the rule or the rules that apply to your accuser and see if we don't have a, a Hillary situation on our hands when it comes to infraction cases. Now, Comey said that he looks to see if it's a criminal statute. Let's take the example of no license plate. That's pretty, um, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Um, now, uh, you don't have a license plate on your car, it's a slam dunk, right? Sure is the way it looks, doesn't it? Nope, no, uh, no plates on your car, you're going to be found guilty. Well, not really, because it's, it, it's a good idea to take a close look at the words that are used in the, in the code section, and that'll tell you a lot. So in the um, vehicle code, which is where we find Section 5200, because that has to do with license plates, um, we find that when the department uh, issues two plates, they shall be attached to the vehicle to which they were issued for. That's pretty straightforward and simple, right? Yeah, that's pretty simple. But we need to pay close attention to the words because um, the words are important. And the very first word that, that begins at um, Vehicle Code Section 5200 is when. So here's a question for everybody. If you're found guilty of not having two plates on your car or a license plate attached to your car, the presumption is they were actually sent to you. Now here's what's written at 5200 of the California Vehicle Code when two plates are issued by the department. All right, no problem. Let's go on. For use upon a vehicle, they shall be attached to the vehicle for which they were issued, one in the front, the other in the rear. Here's a question for everybody. Who's required to attach the plates? Did you hear any words identifying the who? I didn't think so. So if you're accused of violating vehicle code section 5200, they have to prove that there was an obligation imposed upon you to go get a screwdriver and attach the plates to your car. That's one of the facts that Loretta Lynch was talking about. Another fact is the DMV sending the plates. Did they send the plates? Yes or no? That's a fact. Officer, is it a fact you, 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 uh, state, you wrote on the notice to appear no plates? Yes. Okay. And is it a fact you saw no plates? Yes. Okay. Um, is it a fact the DMV sent the plates? Huh? 
officer, how can I how can I violate Section 5200 unless the the DMV sends me plates to attach to the car? Huh? You accuse me of not having plates on the car, right? Yeah, you got to have plates on your car. All right. I'm happy to attach the plates. When did the DMV send them? Well, I don't know. Well, officer, according to the section, it's written when two plates are issued by the department for use upon a vehicle, they shall be attached. How can I attach something I don't have? I don't know. When were they issued? I don't know. Folks, the cop has a problem. They're never going to look into it. Number one, they're just going to claim there's there's no plates on your car. So look at look at the words that are written in 5200 section A. When two plates are issued, how can you be how can you possibly violate that section unless you get the plates? That's one thing. It's a fact when they would be sent. There's got to be a date. Number two, another fact <laughs> that there was a duty, a mandatory duty imposed upon you. To go to, to get your screwdriver and a little wrench and attach the plate to your car. But those words are not written there. It doesn't say, you know, the driver of the car to whom the plate shall be attached shall attach the plates. That's not what's written there. So you have a vague and ambiguous argument you can make. Yeah, maybe someone is supposed to attach the plates, but it doesn't say you're supposed to do it. And this is a fact that they have to prove in order for you to be found guilty. You didn't do something. Great. Prove I was required to do it. What? Wait. Well, you just are. I'm sorry. We're not four years old anymore. Now you got to have this stuff called evidence. When you were four, you could say, because I said so. That doesn't work anymore. We're too tall for that kind of stuff. It doesn't work anymore. All right? So stop using that kind of stuff. If you accuse me of something, I want to see some evidence. Well, well, you don't have plates on your car. Look. So? Well, you're supposed to have plates. Again, we're not four years old. Where's the evidence? Folks, the FBI director told you why you should not be in the, in the middle of a courtroom when you've been accused of an infraction. Why? Because an infraction isn't a crime. Now, what are you doing in the middle of a criminal courtroom dealing with a grievance that's unrelated to crime? Infractions are not crimes. You know that because you don't get a trial by jury. You know that because you don't get an attorney paid for a public expense. You know that because they don't Mirandize you when you're pulled over. If they did Mirandize you, they would have to tell you you would get an attorney if you couldn't afford one. Well, you don't get one for a fine-only offense. Wake up and smell the denial of due process, folks. That's what's going on here. There's no such thing as a fair trial in this country. Nobody knows what they are anymore. A fair trial is you not standing in a criminal courtroom because you haven't been accused of a crime. Infractions of the vehicle code are not crimes. So what are you doing in a criminal, in a criminal action? Well, let's think about what the FBI director and the attorney general are all about, okay? They said insufficient evidence, we don't have a criminal case. 
What does that mean to you? That means if you're standing in a criminal courtroom, then the presumption is there is sufficient evidence to find you guilty. That's what that means. So let's say there's no plate on your car. What does the accuser have to prove? What, what would be sufficient evidence that you are guilty of violating that section? Oh, and let's remember what the FBI director said. He looks at the criminal statute. So here's a question for everybody. Is 5200 a criminal statute? Yes or no? It's one of the other folks. You can't have it both ways. If, you've, if you're not in compliance with 5200, it's a crime or it's not a crime. That's it. Well, as it turns out, if you're found guilty of violating 5200, you're not going to go to jail. If you were going to go to jail, if you could go to jail, that would be a crime. Because going to jail is an element or an ingredient of a crime. All you folks who bake, all you ladies out there who bake, you know full well that if you don't follow the recipe, you're not going to pull out of the oven what's on the box. Just that simple. All you guys, you, all you guys have worked on your cars. You don't follow the repair manual. You're not going to get your car to work properly. This is the same thing. Follow the rules. Look at the rules. Think about the rules. That's all I've done. I'm looking at these words. When two, when two plates are issued by the department. Okay. You, you can go smart-ass on these people all day long. They're going to pretend they know what they're doing. You don't have plates on your car. They, they think it's a slam dunk. No, it's not. They have to produce evidence that, number one, this section actually applies to you. There are no words in 5200 that identify you specifically. The word individual is not even used. I can't stand the word, uh, you know, when people use the word individual to mean man or woman. I think they should just say man or woman instead of individual because individual by itself, it's the individual is a context-oriented word. It's like the word driver. You don't know what I'm referring to unless I supply you with a context. Just throwing the word driver out there doesn't tell you what kind of driver. You don't know if I'm talking about someone sitting behind the wheel or something inside your computer. So it's a context-oriented word. So is individual. When people use the word individual to mean man or woman, they're going to get in a lot of trouble because it's a vague and ambiguous definition. Man or woman, one of the people, something like that. But in 5200, there is no word used to identify the who. How the hell are they going to prove an obligation exists and is imposed on you when a you isn't even identified in the section? 
It doesn't say if a priest should attach the plates. It doesn't say if the grocery, uh, the, the um, uh, produce manager should attach the plates. It doesn't say that the um, cashier at the gas station should attach the plates or a fireman. Your next door neighbor, your next door neighbor's son. It doesn't say who's required to attach the plates. This is a huge gap in their, in their evidence department, folks. And 5201 doesn't save them. All that does is, is, uh, is what's written there. Licensed plates shall at all times be securely fastened. Whoop-de-doo. To the vehicle for which they are issued. No problem. When were they issued? I don't know. Who's supposed to attach them? I don't know. But, but it seems reasonable. License plates shall at all times be securely fastened to the vehicle for which they are issued so as to prevent the plates from swinging. Makes sense. Safety issue. Shall, shall be mounted into position so as to be clearly visible. Makes sense to me. Want to make sure that the uh, local law enforcement uh, has a clear view of uh, the folks using the streets for commercial purposes. You know. And shall be maintained in a condition so as to be clearly legible. Seems valid. The rear license plate shall be mounted not less than 12 inches nor more than 60 inches from the ground. And the front license plate shall be mounted not more than 60 inches from the ground except as follows. Folks, who's required to attach the plates? Come on, did you hear butcher? Did you hear baker? Did you hear candlestick maker? Did you hear um, haberdashery owner? Come on. Shoe repair guy? No. Bake? I already said baker. I was thinking about donuts, though, so I had to say bake again. Anyway, license plate shall uh, at all times be securely fastened. No problem, Commander. Who's supposed to do it? Who's the, who, who's, who is this directed at? I don't know. That's what we get to say. Hey, cop, uh, you wrote 5201 on the notice to appear, right? Yeah. Great. Who does that apply to? What? Who does that apply to? What do you mean? So uh, who's supposed to do that? Well, I don't know. Well, you, you, issued, you issued the notice to appear. You enforced the law. This is supposedly a law. Who's supposed to do it? You're the pro. You're the one picking up the paycheck for being a professional. So who's supposed to attach the plate? Well, I don't know. Maybe you are. Oh, are you guessing? No, folks, it doesn't work like that. They have to have evidence. And between 5200 and 5201, there is no evidence who is obligated to do the attaching. That's something they, your accuser, your adversary, has to prove. There has to be evidence that you are personally obligated to do what the officer claimed you didn't do. Again, folks, every single traffic stop is for the same exact allegation. Pick a section, whatever section of the vehicle code you want. I don't, number one, 40,000, I don't care. Pick whichever one you want. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The allegation is always the same. 
You didn't comply. That's it. Well, let's back it up a little bit. Let's, let's back engineer this a little bit. You didn't comply. Great. Where is it written I have to comply? You don't get to use, well, everybody knows. You don't get to use that defense because it doesn't work, okay? Well, everybody knows you have to do that, man. Really? Well, that's not what I've found out in the last 30 years. I found out a lot of stuff you don't have to do, but a lot of people believe you have to do it. And they'll argue with you until, you know, their head explodes. There's a lot of stuff you don't have to do. Like, um, as a matter of fact, uh, a lot of people are aware that uh, if you don't have a driver's – this is what you hear from a lot of folks, uh, or this is what I hear from a lot of folks when I tell them I don't have a driver's license. You know, I figured it out and blah, blah, blah. So instead of asking me about the driver's license itself, what they'll, um, what they'll ask is, what happens if you get pulled over? Well, that's a reasonable question. But it, it, it's really not um, as important as, how'd you do that, dude? Uh, well, it's, it, 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 you see, it's kind of like this. I, I found out what the DMV does, and I realized I don't do that. And um, gosh and golly, uh, I rescinded the contract with them and sent them back all their stuff because I don't, I don't I don't deliver pizzas and flowers. But um, what we're going to do here real quick is we're going to take a look at a vehicle code section because I think the wording is, is really interesting. And um, this has to do actually with uh, – this has to do with the driver's license. So if you're going down the road and you don't have a driver's license, the cops are probably going to – pull you over and cite section 12,500A of the California Vehicle Code if you're here in California. If you're in your state, wherever that may be, it's going to be whatever section that is. So let's take a, let's take a quick look here at section 12,500A where everybody and their brother believes this, quote, can't drive without a license. Okay. That's it. That's what everybody believes. Can't drive without a license. That's what every that's the prevailing superseding belief. Okay? It's just like nothing sure except death and taxes. Except I've kind of demonstrated that taxes aren't necessarily certain or for sure. So anyway, here's what we're gonna see at twelve thousand five hundred A of the California Vehicle Code. Now this is the heading unlawful to drive unless licensed okay seems like we're in the ballpark and here's the actual words a person may not drive a motor vehicle upon a highway unless the person then holds a valid driver's license issued under this code except those persons who are expressly exempted under this code you know what i heard a person may not a person may not drive well, I know what optional means. May not means optional, folks. If it was strictly prohibited 
to drive without a license, you probably would have heard something along these lines. No person shall drive a motor vehicle unless they have a valid license. Anyone driving without a valid license, um, uh, driving without a, a valid license is a misdemeanor. That's all they would have had to write if it was a strict prohibition. Folks, it is not a strict prohibition. There are exceptions. And the reason you know that is because the words may not. May is discretionary. Shall is mandatory. Shall means you gotta, you have to. May means you can if you wanna, but you don't gotta. So a person may not drive a motor vehicle upon a highway. Hey, folks, the corollary is also true. The question becomes, well, golly gosh, start drooling. What are the exceptions? If it was me and I was interested in this topic, I might send a letter up to my assembly maker, uh, assembly member, the lawmaker for the district I live in, because they work for me. And I might ask them, um, hey, I, I, I was reading 12,500 the other day, and I read that you guys wrote a person may not drive a motor vehicle upon a highway. Well, I was wondering what the circumstances are where I may, without a license, without getting a spanking. Wouldn't you folks want to know that? Come on. But here's the point. Nobody's looking at these sections, but they know for a fact they're going to have to pay a fine. Really. There's a lot of people who equate an allegation with a conviction. It's astonishing. When you talk with people about a lot of this stuff, oh, yeah, man, I got pulled over the other day. I got to pay a fine. We, we go from pull over to paying a fine before they've even been to arraignment. No, folks, this is like baking a cake or a loaf of bread or sewing clothes together or doing a tune-up on your car or putting a model together or any other thing that requires some assembly. You do things properly, batteries included, and maybe you'll get to turn the TV on if you press the buttons in the right way, right? You press the right button, TV comes on. Push, push a couple more buttons, hey, you get to see the thing you want. Why is that any different than law? Why is it any different than, than what's in your wallet and, and protecting that? Why is that stuff any different? Why is any of your other lifestyle stuff where there's rules and recipes? Kid, look, kids, kids. They're, they're, they live in a game environment. From the time the kids were born to move, okay? So by the time, and you, you, you parents out there, you know what I'm talking about. By the time they get their gyros dialed in, they're off to the races, and they're not stopping, and you're going to have to follow them around going, no, good girl, good boy. No, good girl, good boy. No, that's what you're going to be doing. And then when they go out in the world and they start interacting with other munchkins and uh, a munchkin drifts, right, uh, goes off script, so to speak, how, how's that going to be dealt with by the other, by the other peer members of the peer group? They're going to get pushed down. Don't do that. That's how we dealt with it when we were four. 
We didn't tolerate it then. Why are we tolerating it now? You deny one of my rights and watch what happens. All the Christians should be more pissed off than I am because they have God-given rights. I don't consider myself a Christian. I think that, you know, I don't really don't understand where all that stuff is. I don't understand Christians or Jews or Muslims or anybody else. I just think, hey, don't hurt me and we'll get along just fine. I won't hurt you. Let's live and let live, you know, golden rule kind of a thing. Makes sense to me. The commandments in the Bible make sense to me. Just everybody follow those commandments. Have a nice life, you know. And uh, so anyway, um, I would think that people, especially Christians would be, and Jews would be really upset with this because what they've done is they've asked their employees for permission to use their property to go to their place of worship. Don't you think that's kind of screwy? If you have a God-given right, then why do you have God's creation's permission to use what God gave you? It's already paid for. Why are you paying an annual rent to do what you believe you're entitled to do? It's already been paid for. Folks, this is a massive fraud. That's what we're dealing with. And they don't want you to pay attention to the details. They don't want you to take a close look at these words. They just want you to stand there peeing your pants when a cop rolls up on you. So you pull your wallet out of your, your, your pocket or your purse and you give them money. That's what they want. There's just too many, too many folks. Y'all know this. There's just too many reports of people getting pulled over for fine-only offenses winding up dead. And if they don't wind up dead, they get yanked out of their car. And before they get yanked out of the car, the cop probably breaks the window or does something stupid over a fine-only non-criminal offense. Folks, a lot of people would find it hard to believe, but this is, this is true, at least here in California, and I would encourage you, whatever state you're in, to look in your criminal code or penal code, whatever it's called. But here's what's going on in California. In California, the rule is policemen, highway patrol officers, and sheriff deputies can only make arrests for crime. That's it. You are immune from arrest for non-criminal conduct. You are immune from arrest and criminal prosecution when you're doing nothing more than exercising a clearly established, constitutionally secured right. Well, you have the constitutionally secured right to acquire a car. You have the right to acquire property. And you also have the attendant right to use and enjoy it. The streets belong to you. You are the boss. The people in government, they just manage it for us. You're not required to pay for the upkeep of the streets. Commercial users are. You have the right to use the streets. After all, they belong to you to go visit a family member to go to your place to worship, to go to the grocery store to get you some food, to go to the clothes store, get you some threads. That's not a, that's not a privilege. And if it is, then you're living in the wrong country. This is America, and I happen to live in California. There's a lot of lunatics here in California. I should know. I live here. And they think that it's a crime to use their car to go to their place of worship. They think it's a crime to use their car to take their kids to school or pick them up from school or go to the movies. 
or to go to the doctor or to go to the, to, to go to the store to get some dishwashing liquid. That's a crime, folks. Everybody who's got a driver's license, that's what you have to believe. No problem. Let's go back and focus on what your accuser has to prove. Because even though you believe all that retarded stuff, and it is retarded, because you can't hook up your beliefs to anything that's fact. But notwithstanding that fact, your accuser has to follow rules. You've been accused of not following a rule. You've been accused of failing to comply with a rule. Well, guess what? You can do the same thing your accuser does. But it'd be a good idea to find out what the rules are so you could. Because don't you think it's kind of peculiar that your employee knows the rule that applies to you, but you don't know the rule that applies to your employee? So the employee is telling the boss how they screwed up. And the boss is standing there like a stuttering idiot going, huh? Oh, folks, this is, you know, um, there, there's folks out there beating a drum about taking back the country. Well, that's kind of stupid. The country is right where it's always been. What people are actually clamoring about is they've got no control over their employees. That's a different argument. And, and I think, it, frankly, it's much easier to accomplish than rounding up an entire country and, I guess, moving it. But, you know, my, my, my suggestion would be leave the country alone. You're standing on it. You know, if it, you know, if it uh, flies away, okay, hope for the best. But it's the people who are on the thing that are the problem. It's your government employees who are the problem. There's nothing wrong with government. That's just a structure. It's a building. It's what's in the buildings that are the problem, and what's in the buildings are idiot employees that you're not controlling. That's why the cops are out of control. It's because the American people aren't doing anything about it. Cops wouldn't be doing what they're doing if people got on the telephone and say, hey, knock this stuff off. You know, we don't need any more... Uh, you know, we don't need a, another hit to our tourist industry. You know, our retailers, our merchants got to eat, man. You, you, you know, the cops out there killing people, you know, for burned out taillights and, you know, throwing people up against the wall for jaywalking. Come on, man. We can't have that kind of stuff. People aren't going to come here and spend their money. Oh, and by the way, cops, you guys are committing crimes. All he did was a fine only jaywalking. What the officer did was assault and battery. That guy's going to get sued. The jaywalker's going to turn around and sue the cop. And guess what? All the taxpayers in the city are going to lose money. Why? Because that cop was an idiot. He didn't know the rules. You don't get to arrest somebody who hasn't committed a crime. Every cop on this planet should know that. But they're doing it anyway. Folks, every single traffic stop is an arrest. It's done without a warrant. That's illegal. It's false imprisonment. And it's assault, and it's trespass, and it's intentional infliction of emotional and psychological trauma. You're being publicly, publicly humiliated by one of your employees who's supposed to know what is and isn't a crime. And you'd think that they should know what the Department of Motor Vehicles and the Department of Transportation regulates. I mean, I think that any reasonable anybody 
uh, would believe that a police officer, a highway patrol officer, especially a highway patrol officer, and a sheriff deputy knows what the hell traffic means. Well, it sure as hell doesn't mean congestion, folks. Would you, pl- you know, look up the definition of traffic. You're not going to find the word congestion associated with it. Look up the definition of congestion. You're not going to see the word traffic associated with it. So all those cars you're sitting surrounded by when you're going home, all you, all, all you folks who are, you know, do the freeway thing, those are just people going home. They're not getting paid, so it's not traffic. Might be a good idea to start by calling things what they actually are. And when someone attempts to BS you and use a definition that like, wait a minute, where'd you get that? You call them on it. Let me see the rule. You guys shouldn't believe me. You guys should go look at this stuff for yourself. If you're going to believe a cop, if you're going to wear someone, uh, if you're going to believe someone wearing a black robe, if you're going to believe one of these clowns in the three-piece suits, you know, who want the job of CEO of U.S. Inc., hey, and you think they're all that, but I'm, you know, I'm not worth, I'm not worth supporting. You guys are in the wrong place. Those people don't care about you and your rights. They care about their own agenda. Cops should know what, what, what is and isn't a crime. They should know, highway patrol officers should know what traffic is. Every single officer, every single law enforcement officer who issues a notice to appear for an alleged violation in the vehicle code doesn't know what driving is. And if they did, they wouldn't issue that paper because driving is an occupation. And what they're doing is they're accused, they're pulling people over and accusing them of violating an employee regulation. The vehicle code is not general law. It is special law and it only applies to a specific group of people. It does not apply to everyone everywhere in California or any other state. It is not like murder. In California, like every other state, murder is strictly prohibited. Can't do it. Nobody can do murder, okay? In California, like all the other states, the vehicle code only applies to people who deliver stuff for money. That's their job. There's rules that regulate deliverers. They're called carriers. Look it up in your business and professions code or your public utilities code. Folks, the information is there if you want to find it. Look up the definition of transportation in the codes. Look up the definition of motor vehicle. The context is commerce. If you're using the streets and highways as your own uh, lemonade stand, you're going to be regulated by commercial rules. If you're just going to visit granny or, or, or going to the store to get some groceries or, again, your place of worship or maybe the doctor, that's not what the Department of Motor Vehicles regulates. That's not what the Department of, or the Transportation Agency regulates. They regulate commercial carriers. So for those of you folks who have a license, unfortunately, inadvertently, you 
put yourself in the wrong category. Blame your school. They should have taught you all this stuff. I blame my school. They didn't teach me any of this. I found, I found out about all this stuff after I got out of school. What they're doing is they're graduating people retarded. They don't teach them about sales tax. They don't teach them what income is. So when, you know, before April 15th rolls around, they fill out a form dutifully, sign it, put it in an envelope, put a stamp on it, put it in a mailbox. And you know what they did? They, com- they, they committed mail fraud because they claimed that they get something, they earn something that they don't earn. Income has a definition. And that's not what people are earning. That paycheck is not income. It's not defined as income. But if people use that word and attach it to it, then that changes the flavor. But that that paycheck, and I uh, hate to be the bear. No, actually, I don't hate it. That's just nonsense. Bottom line is this, folks. Unless you've received a silver dollar or a gold dollar, you have never been paid a day in your life for any of your work. If you get a check, you've been handed an IOU. And you got to take that paper over to a paper conversion center and have it converted into other paper before you can go out and get yourself something to eat. I don't want an IOU. I want to be paid. And I've read the Constitution, the federal Constitution. I know, I know what constitutes payment, and I know what money is, but that's not what they're teaching children. They're not teaching children what a license is. They're not teaching them what sales tax is. They're not teaching them what risk and liability is. They're not teaching them what a civil action is. They're not teaching them what a tort is. They're not teaching them what a criminal action is and what the elements necessary for that are. So in order for you to be, quote-unquote, convicted of the alleged, quote-unquote, crime, your adversary has to produce and move into the scale, their side of the scale, sufficient evidence. So they have to prove, number one, you're involved in the activity the vehicle code regulates. What does it regulate? Driving. They got to prove it. Well, they don't. And I'm and, and folks, I'm not talking about insufficient evidence. I'm talking zero, none, nada, zip, bupkis. They got none. It's just some cop walking into a courtroom going. That's it. Big deal. So it's a lot of sound and a notice to appear. So what? Where's the evidence I was required to attach plates to my car? Where's the evidence that um, um, I may not drive a motor vehicle upon a highway instead of I may? Where's your evidence? They got to prove a crime, folks. They got to prove you committed a crime. Remember that. They couldn't, the FBI director recommended 
we can't prove Hillary committed a crime. So it's, it's a good idea not to accuse her of that because she'll turn around and sue our ass. False allegations are not good, folks. They don't feel good. So they're not going to rec- recommend a, that, that she be prosecuted for a crime because they couldn't find enough evidence that she committed one. Well, guess what? 5200 of the vehicle code doesn't identify a crime either. It's not a criminal statute. It's an infraction if you're, if you're quote unquote, found guilty. Same thing with 5201. 12,500A, well, that's a misdemeanor. It's a misdemeanor to engage in an occupation the state regulates without the state's consent. It's called trespassing. You don't get to work in one of the reg- one of the regulated occupations by the state without their permission. That's what a license is for. You want to catch fish for a living? Better go get a license. Better get a sport fisherman license. But you folks just get interested in munching on a salmon for dinner or something? You don't need a license. It's not commercial. Fishing is free. I can't make you ask for permission to go buy, you know, go get food. So what we have here is a really, really great opportunity. We have the two highest law enforcement officers in this country telling us about crime and what it takes to build a criminal case. If you don't have sufficient evidence, I'm sorry. That's like leaving flour out of, out of a, a pastry or a, a, a cake or a bread recipe. If we don't have cloth, forget it. You're not going to get, you know, we're, you're not going to get a new pair of pants stitched up for yourself. Forget about it. You got to have all the ingredients, folks, and they they don't they don't demonst- they don't show the ingredients. They're just playing on bluff because I said it's because I said so stuff. Well, you're supposed to know me, and you're supposed to do this, and you're supposed to do that. And look at all the trouble we went through to you know have to do all this stuff. You know, I'm supposed to, like you made us angry. You're not nice. Hey, again, this is the adult world, okay? And you got to have evidence. If you don't have evidence, pound salt. You and your allegation, have a nice day. Get the hell out of here. This isn't rocket science, folks. It's a matter of finding the code sections and taking a look at the actual words used. I'm here to tell you. You're going to run into a conflict. You're going to see words in these code sections and court cases, and you're going to have experiences in a courtroom that don't resemble anything like what you've seen. This is what I run into constantly. It is astonishing how many people in the law business don't know law. Now, hopefully my approach makes some sense to you all. Don't believe me. Just go, just go look at the sections in your own codes. Look in your own codes. You look at it. You, you have personal knowledge. Let them have hearsay. You'll be able to kick their ass. If you have personal knowledge, you'll be able to take care of your business. You, you'll, you'll know you'll be dealing with a cheater or a liar on the other side if they don't know what you do. Now, in California... 
We don't know who the hell's supposed to attach the plates to the card when the DMV sends them. And we know that the, the, the cops never bothered to find out when they were sent, but that's an essential fact. So just do what the FBI director and the attorney general does. Determine if the statute that the cop wrote on, or the code section the cop wrote on the notice to appear is a, is, reflects a crime, yes or no. Presumptively it is, but find out. Is it a fine only offense? Do they just want money? If they just want money, you haven't been accused of a crime. I don't care what they call it. Look at the ingredients, folks. A rose by any other name is still a rose, okay? You can call it a box, but if it's got that flavor, you know, it's got a nice kind of a scent, it's kind of colorful, looks kind of interesting. You can call it a box, but damn, it's just a, a different rose. Well, all they're doing, what's happening on the state side, not the federal side, is that people are winding up in a criminal trial with even less evidence than the FBI had to recommend that Clinton be prosecuted. Folks, this is a godsend. Merry Christmas. <laughs> this is some good stuff. You've got, you got about 10 hours of really great law lessons. I would encourage everybody to watch that FBI he uh, director hearing and also Loretta Lynch from last week. This is great stuff. You paid for it anyway. None of that stuff happens without your tax dollars. So, hey, go get some payback. Learn, learn about criminal law. Learn what they have to prove. So the FBI invested a year studying whether or not to prefer a criminal charge or not or to recommend a criminal charge. They said no. Here's a question for you folks. How much time does a district attorney invest looking at the paperwork or whatever in your case, how do you know the DA even does? Again, the DA is the people's attorney. The cop can't fire up a criminal action. He's not an attorney, or she's not an attorney. They can't do it. It's impossible. The notice to appear cannot be a, a complaint. It, it is impossible. It cannot be a complaint because there are rules for complaints. Okay? I'm just going to read you some – I'm not going to read all the, uh, the citations. I mean, if you guys, if you guys want this list, I'm, I'm happy to send it to you. Just send me a, um, a request for the list of uh, elements necessary for a complaint. So um, these are, I have a bunch of court citations from California court cases, um, turn of the century, 1800s. Here, here's, here's what courts, Supreme and um, uh, a courts of appeal in California have held since the 1850s about what, what's necessary for there to be a proper complaint. So you got your notice to appear and then you got a criminal complaint, okay? So this is what some courts have um, held every fact which if controverted plaintiff must prove to maintain his action must be stated in the complaint 
The complaint on its face must show the plaintiff has the better right. Complaint to be sufficient must contain a statement of facts of which, without the aid of other facts, no stated, not stated, shows a complete cause of action. Folks, the only thing on a notice to appear is shorthand. 5,200 no plates. That's not a statement. Folks, math and English were my two, two worst subjects. So you, you guys are probably way smarter than me and you know English way better. 5,200 no plates is not a statement, folks. It's just chicken scratching. Pleading should set forth facts and not merely opinions of the party. A complaint must contain a statement of facts showing the jurisdiction of the court, ownership of a right by plaintiff, violation of that right by the defendant, injury resulting to plaintiff by such violation, justification for equitable relief where uh, that is sought, and a demand for relief. You don't get any of that on a notice to appear. Essential facts on which legal points and controversy depend should be pleaded clearly and precisely so that nothing is left for the court to surmise. Folks, surmise, surmise means guess. Uh, gee, I wonder what he's getting at. Uh, Mr. Prosecutor, uh, gosh, uh, your complaint's a little vague. Um, uh, what are you getting at exactly? The facts which the court is to find, and the facts which the pleader is to state lie in the same plane. Folks, Lynch said, look to the facts. She looks to the facts. And what, what are the courts saying? The facts which the court is to find and the facts which a pleader is to state lie in the same plane. That is in both connections. Facts are top, uh, my apologies, facts are to be stated according to their legal effect. A plaintiff must set forth in his complaint the essential facts of his case with reasonable precision and with sufficient clarity and particularity that defendant may be apprised of nature, source, and extent of his cause of action. I'll skip the rest, folks, but you get it. I'm sure you get it. A notice to appear doesn't contain any of that kind of stuff. It's just... Uh, you know, code section, 12,500A, no license, uh, or a 14601 uh, suspended license or something like that. But it's not like cause of action or count one, you know, like what you see on one of these, uh, you know, the, the, the papers, the pleading paper with the two lines going down the left side. Notice to appear is a notice, folks. It's not a complaint. And um, don't let anybody uh, attempt to pull that on you. Okay, and it's really simple to shut them down. People who attempt to equate a notice to appear with a complaint, just to ask them a question. Excuse me, uh, doesn't complaint start with the letter C? The word complaint's not on the notice to appear, at least it's not in California. Might say citation, but it sure as hell doesn't say complaint. Even if it does, I just read some stuff to you. You've got to have other stuff. Oh, he was driving fast, man. Sorry, doesn't get it, folks, that, that, that you know, there's pleading requirements. 
And the notice to appear is not a, it's not a complaint. Do you folks know what the cop does with it when he gets back to the, uh, to the shop? I would suggest you look into it. Because what happened was um, he did, or theoretically, you'd think that the cop would do what Congress would do. Now, I don't know if you folks are aware of this, but since Comey testified a couple of weeks ago, a referral has been sent to the FBI. That's what a policeman, that's what the notice to appear technically is. It's a referral. And the officer should be sending that referral to the DA for the DA's review, you know, like Comey, because the DA is like the FBI on the state side, okay? Well, not really. They're the attorney general, but, you know, the, the cops are recommending, I guess, a criminal prosecution, and I guess the DA is accepting it because they never turned down an infraction. So apparently they must have sufficient evidence to establish a crime was committed. Well, folks, again, there's standards that they have to, to, to meet. And one of the standards a prosecution has to meet if they want to win is, pro- win is proof beyond a reasonable doubt. So if there's reasonable doubt that I committed a crime, I walk. If there's reasonable doubt you committed a crime, you walk. You keep your money in your wallet. Just that simple. Well, guess what? Infractions are not crimes. Hmm. I wonder if that's reasonable doubt I committed one. Oh, that was that was written by the Court of Appeals here in California in 1987. Infractions are not crimes. Gosh, I wonder if that would be material evidence that I would want to stick in my side of the scales to demonstrate I didn't commit a crime. I don't have to, but I could. I could I could move that court case into the record if I wanted, but I don't have to, but I could. And folks, it's my position that a court of appeals decision from 1987 that's never been overturned, that contains infractions are not crimes, is the damn reasonable doubt I didn't commit a crime. So why am I treated any differently than Hillary Clinton? Why am I going to wind up in a courtroom but not her? They have even less evidence in my case than hers. Same goes for y'all. You're at a substantial disadvantage if you don't know what your employees have to do, especially when it comes to accusing you of a crime and subjecting you to all that crap you're going to be subjected to until the matter is finished. These guys are getting paid hand over fist, and you're paying them hand over fist. And they're, get, and they're breaking the law. Cops are breaking the law right now. They're, they're, they're uh, committing false imprisonment by the truckloads all across this country. They're stopping people for non-criminal behavior. People don't know what to do. Well, hopefully, um, I provided you folks with a little something you can um, look into. And uh, hopefully, some of the stuff, um, hopefully, I filled in some, some blanks from last week. But just keep in mind, 
that if you have to follow rules, so do your employees. And it's in your best interest to find out what the rules are that apply to your employees just in case they break one or more because you don't want to have to inadvertently take money out of your wallet to pay for their mistake because that, that's, that's not good for business. Anywho, well, that's about a wrap for uh, tonight unless anybody's got a question. So, um, I guess that's going to be about it. Well, thank you, everybody, for for stopping by and taking time out of your day. And I hope I said something you'll be able to use. So, until next Tuesday or maybe Wednesday or maybe Thursday or whenever, uh, y'all have a better rest of the evening. Thank you for stopping by. Anybody still on?
Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.